who do you turn to for advice? Sometimes your best friend's brother's cousin's aunt just isn't good enough. What then? Ask Sarah. In the same tradition of Dear Abby, Sarah is a gently blunt, practical, and wise advisor who brings with her a wealth of personal and professional knowledge coupled with gentle humor. Sarah offers inspiration and advice to help you live more fully and powerfully in your own life. Tune in every day to connect with the information and ideas you need to hear. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Sarah Says Daily Brief. Today we're going to be talking about social media hacking and data mining, and I would think that pretty much a day does not go by where one of us gets that second friend request from someone that we know has already got a profile set up. Or you might be tempted to take one of those little tests that asks, what flower are you? These kinds of things are what make us vulnerable, and our lack of knowledge is what really hurts us, our inability to know what is dangerous, what is risky, what is making us vulnerable. And certainly, I am not the expert, and so I have to find people who are. And today, I am delighted to welcome to the show Michael Young with Computer CPR here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Good morning, Michael. Thanks so much for joining me. Good morning, Sarah. Thanks for having me on. Well, it is a pleasure and a delight, and if you would, I always think it's important that people know that you're not like my best friend's brother's cousin's neighbor. So if you would, <laughs> help folks know a little bit about you and what, how you got into the computer uh, repair and what makes you my resident expert on this. Well, I uh, originally started with my, my love with uh, computers and technology. I got my Bachelor of Science degree in computer science uh, about well many years ago, and uh, I, for the last 10 years, have been the uh, owner and operator of a business called Computer CPR. We're in uh, located in Southlake and in Fort Worth, and uh, we do residential computer support as well as a bunch of small business IT network administration in the area. Well, and you and I met because I was wanting to have my own Microsoft Exchange server and had gotten some crazy quotes and told you know how difficult it would be and you and your guys got it done like boom and very affordably and so I was really impressed with that your work your demeanor the folks that worked with you so when Tech Talk Tuesday uh, came up I knew that you were the guy to be on so today we're going to be talking about social media hacking and data mining and the first thing I really want to talk about is every day I, I don't think a day goes by that I don't get a friend request from someone I'm already friends with. So would you talk just for a moment or two about social media hacking? And uh, I don't frankly even understand the point of it, but why don't you talk about it for a little bit? Why, why does it happen? Why does somebody even spend time doing that? Well, it's never just to have fun. There's always some type of nefarious motivation behind that type of effort. Uh, the most common thing, and I mean, the first time it ever happened to me, it was, you know, several years ago, but I fell prey to it too. It was, it was harmless because I, I got smart very quickly, but I got a friend request from someone who I'd been friends with for years and it matched their name, their profile picture. And I thought, oh, well, I guess they just got you know, mad at me about something I posted last week and unfriended me. And now they've had a change of heart and they're refriending me. That's, that's literally <laughs> what I assumed. Yeah. And I accepted the friend request. And minutes later, I got a, an instant message from them that was like, you know, Hey, have you heard about this new program or, you know, I, I forget what it was, some kind of product or, or something, you know, 
and uh, I've been using it for two weeks, and I'm really excited about it, and I want to tell you about it. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. I, I, you know, I don't even know this particular Facebook friend that well. They're a friend from college from years ago, and, and now they're talking to me as if, you know, this is a conversation we carry on regularly. And so I immediately went and looked at their profile and saw that they had literally two pictures on their profile, their profile picture and their headline picture and nothing else. And I thought, wait a minute. And that was, that was it. I mean, ever since then, uh, <laughs> my, yeah. my antennas have been up a lot higher. Those types of, uh, copycat accounts though can also be used, uh, in more extreme situations to even pose as maybe someone's daughter or someone's niece who is supposedly on vacation in a, different country and they've lost their billfold and, and they're asking you to wire them some money. I've seen that happen. And I've actually, you know, the interesting thing about that is there are many of us who are like, uh, our response to that is, well, I mean, really who would do that? But it happens. It happens enough that it makes it worth the, the while for these hackers to do it, that people fall for it. Particularly, I think older people are less tech savvy people. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, the people, they didn't grow up, they're not the generation that grew up hearing these stories or, or having it happen to them for the first time whenever they were young and it was theoretically of, of very little consequence. But, yeah. uh, you know, it always can be of consequence. Even if somebody friends your child with a copycat account, they can be snooping on your child, finding out where they go, who they hang out with, and the child's not aware and, and the parent may not be aware. Well, so that leads me to my next question about privacy settings and passwords and that kind of thing. How can we avoid – what is it that we can do? I mean, if you could get hacked, I guess anybody can, right? But, uh, you know, uh, let's let's talk about, you know, how do we prevent it? How do the privacy settings help our passwords, all of that? Well, there's a lot of people on Facebook that, you know, they just – they assume the best in people. They're like, you know, I don't have any secrets. I, you know, I post stuff about what I do with my kids and their sports. And we have a lot of friends that I want them to, you know, be able to keep up with us and maybe share my stuff to other people that I'm not friends with. And they leave their Facebook profile wide open. And uh, that gives people the opportunity to do a lot of uh, research and snooping on you to find out uh, a lot of different things to build up possibly a very good plan to take advantage of you through some type of social media hacking effort. And uh, if you are not judicious and careful about who you accept friend requests from, I mean, there are some people that, you know, are literally friends with the entire world on Facebook and that's fine. There are also sub settings within Facebook security settings where only certain people you are friends with can only see your most personal information. Because I realize some people use Facebook for more of a, uh, a commercial purpose than just you know private with friends and family purpose. But they still need to take those same uh, security considerations seriously. Yes, and you know it was interesting. I wasn't even. Um, aware of all of the different privacy settings that make it possible for us to keep certain things from certain people, even groups. We can even set up groups on Facebook where, mm -hmm. and I use Facebook as an example because each platform has a different security setting, but I think most of the generation I'm targeting here, of course, 
the Facebook, the privacy settings are important. And um, Facebook has a pretty easy menu to follow, I think, that tells you how to do that. But what recommendations do you have? Well, if you get a uh, friend request from someone that you may only marginally know or you think you know but you're not sure, there is an option uh, to accept that friend request. And it's a list that is made by default in Facebook called Restricted Friends. And if you accept a friend request from someone and put them on Restricted Friends, they can see nothing more of your Facebook profile than what they could see if they were not your friend. However, you are on their friends list, and you will, they will get any, any updates from you that you post intentionally publicly only – and they will, their stuff will go in your newsfeed, which if they are, you know, have, have no ill intent, then they would have no reason to hide anything from you. But in the meantime, you can be kind of checking that out before you open up your whole life to that new Facebook friend request. I love that. I love that. And I think sometimes, I, I will say this to folks who are listening, I think sometimes we've been socialized so much to be nice that we even carry that over into our social media and we just are nice to people, as you say, we marginally know. I want to talk about beyond Facebook. You made a comment in one of our email exchanges that absolutely fascinated me. You were talking about how blogging, blog articles uh, can actually compromise uh, information about us that we may not want people who could hack us or uh, data mine or, as you say, snoop. Uh, to know how does that how would that work well there's one particular instance that did happen it was an engineer and he was writing a blog article about one of his current projects um it didn't contain any type of proprietary information but it contained enough information about the product uh the, the project the engineer what company he worked for to where a a hacker and and this is this is low-tech hacking. This is hacking people's minds. This is not hacking computers. This hacker was able to come up with enough of a developed uh, story and, and profile for himself so that he actually called this person at work that wrote the blog posing as an employee from that same company. He had his name, and he had his position in the company. The guy trusted him, and he actually did divulge some of his proprietary information on that project that he was able to sell to a competitor. Ouch. Mm-hmm. Wow. That that's off the chart. Um, and I would suspect back to, I have no young children of my own, but my grandchildren, I'm very proud to say that my kids don't post a lot of stuff with information about where the kids go to school or, or that kind of thing. But many people do. Oh, here's, you know, here's, Susie and she's at XYZ daycare and we're doing this today. They're going on a field trip, blah, blah, blah. And if they don't have their privacy settings, right, they're actually giving um, people who have ill intent the opportunity to perhaps do, do, do wrong. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you can think that type of stuff is harmless, you know, checking on Facebook here, checking on Facebook there. That's fine and dandy, but, you got to be judicious with who you allow to be in your friend list whenever you're doing that and make sure you're not checking in as public, particularly if it's your children's daycare. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so let's talk about uh, my pet peeve and I'm just going to out myself here. My pet peeve (laughs) are the number of people who do the, um, (laughs) those online quizzes. 
I have owned a social media company, and we did data mining, and we would do data mining um, by asking our folks who uh, checked our, our social media simple questions. You know, how long do you, uh, how long are you okay with waiting at the doctor's office? But at the same time, that's the main question. But then we would ask other questions, and it's all compiling data that we used to target. Uh, we analyzed it. We would target demographics within, you know, the people who are coming to our page, et cetera, et cetera. Folks who are taking all these quizzes, like what flower are you, what color are you, what historical character are you, are not, I don't think, cognizant of how much information they're giving up and how that information is being used. So would you please, pretty please, with sugar on top, talk (laughs) about data mining within these online quizzes and why we have got to be careful? That's a really good question, and and on the surface, it can seem like just some type of uh, entertaining, harmless endeavor to be doing those quizzes, and I I doubt that very many are harmless. Uh, Data mining in itself is inherently not evil. It's what you do with that data that can become uh, problematic to someone, but uh, whenever you are answering those results to a quiz and you post it to your Facebook, because a lot of times there's at the end of the quiz, there's like a big green button that's like share with your friends. And what that's doing is you actually have to allow it access to your Facebook account. So at that point, all those answers that you just clicked on are now permanently tied to your Facebook account through their database. So they know exactly the individual's name on Facebook. It also confirms, you have to confirm to let the app have some access to some of your profile data uh, to share that. And whenever you are clicking, you know, confirm to let the app have access, uh, in some cases it will say, you know, it's it, it just wants your name or, or basic information. And some of that stuff is actually kind of shrouded as to what they might have uh, groups as basic information. Uh, data mining could be just so that you can use that information to do more efficient advertising delivery. Uh, but it also could be used to build up the right type of scheme for what we referenced above, where you know you get a friend request from a, a copycat account, and it and it is a niece that's there's someone posing as a niece that's uh, on vacation and needs some money wired to them. You know they can through these types of quizzes and other types of things find out what type of information you'd be most vulnerable to react to uh, incorrectly. So uh, there's there's a couple of different angles, and you know the creativity of people has no boundaries. So there's there's always some some new one coming up, but uh, the, uh, the the data mining in that type of situation uh, can be pretty scary. Now, I have I don't, if you've ever posted Facebook ads uh, on Facebook, I have for my company. One thing it asks me when I'm posting it is uh, what do you want the interests of the people to be who this ad is delivered to? Well, that right there is Facebook data mining itself because you don't, when you set up a Facebook profile, you don't click, you know, I'm interested in business. I'm interested in sports. They know that through the links that you click on, the links that you share and the, the uh, celebrities that you follow. And that's, that's a perfect example of, of data mining. And you know what else I I know, I see it, and I acknowledge it, and I am reluctantly okay with it. If I go to eBay 
or Amazon and I buy something or I'm clicking on something, the next thing I know, I'm on my Facebook profile and there that little thing is popping up in the ad. Well, how did this magically happen? Well, I recognize that we have cookies, and as you say, Facebook, everybody's paying attention. Privacy is, a, is an illusion when we are on the Internet. Um, I, I want to point out that there was a recent thing where uh, Tinder, 40,000 Tinder profile photos were snagged by a guy who, um, a quote-unquote hacker, who was using them for a facial recognition program that he had developed. And so we think, and, you know, these ridiculous little disclaimers that people post, uh, by terms of use, we're using this stuff, our own privacy, it's just an illusion. So thank you for explaining all that all the links we click and all that. I want to give you the opportunity to talk about data mining and how it does not impact our credit, but how it can affect uh, the credit that we're offered and the credit we receive. Because I don't think people make that connection either. You know, I was kind of surprised whenever I first learned about this as well. Uh, And it's true. You know, whatever you whatever you have in your data mining profile out there, which I assure you, we all have one. And it's probably already many pages long, but uh, cause there are firms that are in business to do that. So within that data mining profile, it will not hurt your credit report. It won't hurt your credit score, but it can, that your social media contacts can play a role in your behavioral profile. So I think that's uh, what's most interesting and how those people in your your network will have an impact. Uh, do you know if your Facebook friends have a good credit history? Whether they do or, or whether they don't, you may not know, but these data mining places may. And if you associate with people who are at good credit risk, then you'll probably be a good risk. The whole idea is that you associate with people that are like you, birds of the feather, you know? Yes, <clears throat> absolutely. Michael, I cannot thank you enough for coming on. I I know we could probably talk about this for an hour, but you have been fabulous to keep it within our uh, daily brief time frame. And I know that had to require um, Herculean efforts on your part. So thank you. (laughs) Um, Thanks for having me on. Well, it's my pleasure. And I know that I think highly of you and your work. And by virtue of that, I want to encourage my listeners to reach out to you if they need you, if they're in the DFW area or um, need any kind of IT stuff. So they they should know how to get in touch with you. So will you take a minute to talk about the kind of services? You post some of the most interesting stories. The one about the guy who wanted his laptop fixed that had a bullet hole through it or his phone. <laughs> I mean, you get some of the wackiest customers, but you you really do great work. So will you talk a little bit about what you do and how people can reach out to you directly? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that. Um, we have uh, two storefronts within the Metroplex. A lot of folks for just, you know, residential little fix-it jobs, you know, your laptop is, is not working or you want to buy or build a new gaming PC. Uh, folks, a lot of times will come into our, our stores and, uh, you know, drop off computers for repair. It's, you know, pretty cost effective. And uh, additionally, if if you, you know, have a, a network problem at your house, we have people with homes who you know, you have a few children 
and all of their iPads and tablets, suddenly you have a relatively large network complexity within your house just by virtue of how many devices are in it, and that can cause problems. You may not have enough wireless coverage in the house. We address all those problems. Uh, hard drives, you know, we're always going to tell you to back your stuff up, but if you don't back it up, well, we also do data recovery services as well. So uh, we can do all that. And, and one thing that is, is really important is if you have a small business, you need to have someone besides uh, your grandson or somebody who is, is just a hobbyist that is doing the administration to your network. And that's where we come in a lot. A lot of people are, are kind of hesitant to, to reach out to someone like us to get help with their business network, but they never regret it. Um, having somebody who do, does this stuff for a living and always has their head in this game is going to be an exponential benefit in the long run if you're running a small business. Well, absolutely. So um, you're on Facebook. They can give you a call if they need to. Yes. They certainly could. Our phone uh, number I forgot to mention. Yeah. Yeah, website is uh, computercpr.com. Very simple, computercpr.com. Um, and our primary phone number, if anybody's inter interested in just a phone call, is 817-915-0111. And we've got a link on this show page, and I've tagged you on Facebook on both your locations, so I want people to be able to reach out to you. I think highly of you, and, and I can certainly recommend you unreservedly. So thank you again, making time. And actually, I should let the listeners know you've agreed to do this uh, on, every Tuesday, Tech Talk Tuesday, for a little while. We're going to try this out. So if yes. you're listening and you have questions that you want Michael to answer, that uh, you want to put us to put out on the show, you can go to Sarah Zink, S-A-R-A-H, Zink, Z-I-N-K, dot com. Click on the Contact Us button, or you can let Michael know, and he'll bring that uh, to the next show. We appreciate you listening, and Michael, again, thanks for being here today. Thank you, Sarah. I really appreciate you having me on. This has been fun. It's my pleasure. And, folks, I want to remind you that the Sarah Says Daily Brief is uh, a little snippet to help you live a richer, fuller, and more productive life. So, again, if you have ideas for this show or any show, you don't hesitate to let me know because this show is by you, for you, and about you. And until we get together again, my friends, you have been zinked. <laughs> Listen up!